<laughs> Sounded great. Yeah, he said he What's hated up, sermons and it just made him get run around the room in anger. Nice. 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 Hey, tell nice. me if you can hear my family in the living room. They're they're watching Monday night football, so they're like screaming. Kim's gonna be like, Yeah Kill him. Yeah, that no, that's what it sounds like right now. They're just like, Yes, no, yes. And I said <laughs> so. I said I'm I'm going into the booth. Let's just try try to keep it down, everyone. I can't no, hear just, a thing. <laughs> that's good. That I put up, I put up some blankets like Wilmore. Oh, know, wow. I got, I got oh nice! Yeah, oh yeah, I'm learning. It's technique. It's technique. <laughs> I'm gonna try to do that when we get settled into the new place. Oh yeah, good little sound room setup. Yeah. So tell me again, what was uh, what were you listening to that made you want to get up, stomp your feet, do a cartwheel, do the? I was listening to shake. Wes McAdams from McDermott road in uh near dallas um he does the radically christian website um he did a sermon on the song oh holy night and it was amazing highly recommended i want to start with a quote from it cool julian got your coffee yeah i got i got my tea you know it's nighttime spot of tea I'm a spot of tea. I was actually looking your buddy up right now. I just wanted to see it, dude. Please. What buddy? DJ. Wes McDermott. Shots up. Wes McDermott. Wes McAdams, McDermott Road. Mm, McAdams. Sounds awesome. Yep. Tell you what, that did make a difference. <laughs> Spelling. Uh, no one, please look up Wes McDermott. Different guy. Completely different guy. <laughs> nice lead us bro let's rock it okay lead on we're behind you alright so this yeah so we're good we're ready so this is a wait 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 uh, I feel like we didn't quite start start all the we way. didn't wait. quite start no we didn't, we didn't quite well he just he just okay I mean it's kind of it's kind of like, you want to start okay let's keep kind of a rolling enthusiasm. start a rolling start and here we go. Yes. Welcome. Daniel, oh. warm it up. Oh, oh sorry. sorry. Go ahead. Do, do it again. Do okay. it again. Sorry. And take five. And welcome to another episode of Seeker. Daniel, take it away. So I heard this quote this past Sunday, and I wanted to throw it out to you guys because it really, I feel like it really ties into what we've been doing the past few weeks. This guy said this, it is a gross distortion of the gospel to say that the gospel changes the way that we worship and not say that the gospel changes the way that we live. Mm. Nice. Well, I man, not then. Right? I can see why Seeker you ran around done. the room when you heard that. Yeah. The, the week is done. The shortest Call it. episode Zen, ever. Zen and I both shouted amen at the computer screen. <laughs> nice. Worshiping the computer screen, I see. Exactly. <laughs> no, we were doing worship from home, and we've kind of been tuning into this one congregation, and, and this, this lesson just blew me away, and that line just, just absolutely encapsulated the whole lesson for me and i just i couldn't help but think about seeker when i heard it oh man yeah absolutely I love that 
Yeah, and what? this is uh, the first episode you've tuned into for a while. The last couple episodes, we've been trying to get our arms around what is worship. And um, we started off through the lens of, at least in Washington State, the governor said that you couldn't sing in a congregational setting indoors. And so we were grappling with that, what it meant. So check that episode out if you want to get caught up. Um, but um, essentially, we've morphed to a point now where well, at least to summarize that conversation, I mean, we decided that our attitude should be such that we want to sing every day. Um, and that <laughs> that's kind of where we drifted off to in our conversation. Like our our uh, our living should be such that like we, we can't help but not sing. Uh, we can't not help but sing. And, um, and so that's what we're talking about this week is a, a being a living sacrifice. And um, which is which is worship. I'll just key it up with Romans 12 again, because we, we touched on this last week, but um, I'll kick it off again. Romans 12, uh, verses 1 through 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. So, where do we go from here? Well, it's interesting because I think Daniel's quote uh, really hones in on, at least to me, uh, the first part of verse number 2, Romans twelve two. Do not be conformed to this world, but this next part, but be transformed. Um, because Daniel's quote was the gospel, it can't just, it's not going to make an impact on worship unless it's making an impact on our lives. And I'm sorry, Wes McAdams, I butchered your quote, but, uh, so it seems that if there's no real transformation in the hearts of believers because of the gospel and a lasting transformation, not a point in time or a one-time fix, um, then then our worship to Him will be stagnant and won't move as well. And that's why I like that you led into Romans 12, because Romans 12 is just this awesome reminder, uh, 12.1, to be a living sacrifice. Those two things almost... They, they almost... They're, they're not opposites, but it's a very strange sort of language, to me anyways. Because when you think about something being a sacrifice, or I'm going to make, I'm going to give myself up as a sacrifice, you die one time. Um, but this is, is like you have to be of the mindset that you're just going to lay yourself up over and over, and like living. You're going to continually mm-hmm. sacrifice yourself over and over and over again. And, and I think about it like, if you were going to sacrifice yourself and jump in front of a moving train, that's really only something you'd want to do once, believe me. <laughs> Not that I've done it, but I'm just saying. <laughs> you can imagine. It, exactly. But it's such that you would be willing to do it over and over and over. No matter what it took, you would be willing to go through whatever you needed to so that you could be a, a sacrifice that is not a one-time shot, um, but that verse number two, we would grow into this and we would just keep maturing and we would just keep plowing. And to use Daniel's quote, 
that the gospel would then transform us and transform our lives and change us. Um, and, and then the evidence of that would, would I guess be our worship. Yeah. Amen. The, um, I think, I think you're exactly right. And I think you got the order exactly right. It's that the worship mm. follows the transformation. It follows the heart, right? From out of but the abundance of a man's heart does he speak, and everything comes out of the abundance of the heart. And so our worship, our our spiritual service to God ought to come from that that transformed heart, that overflowing gratitude and wonderment that we feel and um just joy that we carry with us because of everything that he has done for us. And then it just is reflected back to him in the form of worship, that ongoing process of returning in, in, in whatever small fraction we're able to, returning to God the glory that he's poured out on us through Christ, through the cross, through the open tomb. Amen. The tomb is now empty. It's just a, uh, it's an amazing thing when you think about um, some, becoming a Christian and getting to uh, learn exactly the power of of what that is, what the joy is, the transformation that can that can happen in your life. And I think when you first become a Christian, it's really easy to um, I don't know. Maybe you have a, this expectation that. You know, things are going to be so different and everything will be so much better and um you know like your like your whole like everything should change and perhaps some people are disappointed a little bit when they realize that it's not like a magical wand just got waved over them because you know they became a christian and um it's it's a process it's like building a relationship like with a spouse or someone um you build a relationship and as you build that relationship with god it grows and and you realize the power of it as you go and it makes you realize and appreciate what it means to be willing to be a living sacrifice i mean matt uh in matthew chapter 16 verse 24 you know jesus says and i've said this one in one of our other episodes but he says if anyone would come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me Taking up his cross and following him sounds like a living sacrifice, right? Because wasn't it a sacrifice of him on the cross? And here we are following in his footsteps and bearing the same load that he had to bear. But he's with us on the journey. And I think that a lot of times, and this ties back into our worship discussion, because I think a lot of times, instead of getting the heart and the relationship right first, like you guys have already said, we put our emphasis instead on, um, okay, you're a Christian now. Okay, well, here's why you got to show up every week on Sunday morning. And here's why you should show up on Sunday night if you're really, um, you know, going to commit on this thing. And, you know, here's why you got to give. And here's why you got to sing. You know, you can't mumble over there. You got to sing loud. You know, like We kind of go down like the path of you got to do X, Y, Z now because you're a Christian. That's your relationship now. Go. And um, there's just so much more to it. I kind of feel like we start backwards instead of helping them build that relationship. Ooh, that's a good, that's a good, 
the way you said it is the way I think about it. Sometimes we just start backwards. Um, obviously a discussion for another show. We always give ourselves another show. We <laughs> seed another show in the show. But some of it is also, since Daniel started with language around the gospel, some of it is the way that we translate what the gospel is to people, which I think in turn makes them see the gospel as, uh, or growth in the gospel or continuation in the gospel as a list of, list of tasks, right? And because they have this list of tasks, they're, they're more, um, uh, it, it, they feel better about worship, uh, like you said, Jesse, the other way around. I am a Christian, and now that I am, I'm going to do these things. And if I don't do these things, I must not be a Christian. Um, rather than uh, the way Daniel talked about it, um, even Ephesians 5.19, right? Because I am a Christian, I have this outpouring of respect and gratitude and um, the way that I'm living, trying to be in step with, with Jesus, is such that I have this overflowing of who I am, which turns into this song, which turns into my worship to him. And so it's that, I like the way you said that. It's the, when we think of it in those terms, and it's not backwards, there's never a question about singing. There's never a question about praying. These are things that you couldn't live without. I think you said it this way, the last time we were together Dan, with Daniel, you said, you can't help but not sing, right? But you couldn't help but not pray um, because you, there's nowhere else for you to go, right? You'd see no one else as a solution. No one else is a way out. You couldn't help but not participate and see brothers and sisters and, and want to like talk and share and read and study together because you would see it as no other way to do these things. Exactly. I'm going to go a million different places right now. Um, yes, amen and amen to everything that you guys have said so far. And I would just... Where do we... Where do we... What's the jump start, right? Where, what's the... What's the where do we attach the batteries to get this thing going to what we're talking about, right? Because doesn't it feel sometimes when we get together as congregations, as local churches, that we're just not quite doing that? <laughs> yeah. And and it's not all the time oh, necessarily, yeah. and it's not every congregation necessarily, and maybe a lot of it is just, you know, if I come in tired and didn't sleep well and got 15 other things on my mind, maybe it's just me. But at the same time, like, there, it's, and I don't know, I don't, I'm fumbling with my words here because, like, I'm, I'm going to step on everybody's toes. Let's do it. But... Size 13, bro, get them. Size 13, bro. So <laughs> it's, it's, that, it's, that, it's that balance between worshiping in spirit and truth, right? And this is like sort of a classic conundrum that the church has. Where's the, where's the division between worshiping in spirit and worshiping in truth? And how do we get 
an appropriate balance of that. Um, where, what's the, where's the switch that we flip to get mm-hmm. into this mindset, to get into this place? And I know it's not just uh, the, saying that that way makes it sound like I got to get amped up for Sunday and then I don't have to worry about the rest of anything. Right. Maybe it's worrying about the rest of everything that mm-hmm. that just carries us into a Sunday celebration, a Sunday worship experience that that hits every button and connects all the dots and just lights up the place. Um, yes. Maybe that's the answer. Oh yeah. Amen. I put myself on mute for all of the the interjections I was giving you <laughs> there for a minute. I was I fist pumped and and hit something in here and made a noise. So I'm I was on like, mute yes. right now. He hits mute and he goes, "Wow, <laughs> do this! You should keep going. You stopped yourself. You, you should not have stopped." I did. I pulled back. I don't know why. Don't why do we no. do that? Yeah. You okay? Right. I was when you said we we're about to go ten different directions. I was thinking about this concept. Now, admittedly, I talked about this two Sundays ago. So, but. <clears throat> I think not this concept, but the idea of like being refined um, as it relates to being a sacrifice. But one of the things I think that, and it depends on which circle you're in. that, That sounds bad coming out, but you guys will get where I'm going. That what you just said, spirit and truth, it's like which side of the seesaw might you be on? Um, and see, I, I probably grew up on the truth side and that's why this is going to come off wrong, but, but I grew up on this side of the seesaw that kind of said, um, that thou shalt have not very much emotion when, when, when you worship. Um, and I remember being around people who were quite emotional. There, there was this, uh, there was this older lady who used to, who, who would uh, assemble with us uh, on Sunday morning. She's pretty sick. And I remember that there was um, there was this song. It's, uh, it's in like the really old books. And the name of the song was God is Real. And uh, the, the whole point of the song was that, that he, he is not just uh, something you read about. He's not, you know, he is, he is not just... Um, uh, just something that your parents told you about, but he is a he is a real heavenly father who who is here to address needs of his people. It talks about what happened in Israel, but then it also talked about how his goodness, um, because of his nature, is actually what's best for you. I'm summing it up without singing it. Um, and when we would sing this song, this lady would go to tears. I mean, she would weep in the song. I mean, she would just cry and and every, and and this was so like not allowed, right? She is, she appears to be showing some emotion. And I think one of the problems there is she was just being honest. This is who she was. When this song came on, it invoked every emotion in her about her personal relationship with the Lord on how she felt about the Lord. She was very sick she was looking forward to going home. But everyone else was so uncomfortable with it that, that their, their tendency was to say, 
oh man, this lady's putting on a show. Mm. Right? And and I have to say that, that that's that's not that's not well placed because that wasn't her intention. And and over time as as this kind of kept happening, you know, uh the 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 preacher who may someday hear this, he actually addressed it, but he didn't address it in the way we thought he was going to. We thought he'd address it by saying, Hey, you do everything decently and in order. Here it says so in the Bible. Mm-hmm. He he actually addressed it from the perspective that she had an honest perspective about her feelings about Jesus. And she wasn't going to allow a bunch of people who thought that if you ever say more than the three songs in the prayer, that you were going to make everything decently, indecent and out of order. She was just going to allow it. And we could really appreciate that, right? Um, and the the scripture I was thinking about is um, in Psalm one thirty nine, twenty three. Every you know this when I say it. Um, he says, "Search me, O God, know my heart, try me, know my anxieties." In verse twenty four. And see if there's any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. There, there's this approach um, that he, that David had, where he was like, "I want to be so transparent and honest with you, Lord. I want you to enter into my space, the space that I really feel." <laughs> is guarded, but I know that you can see me anyways, but I'm inviting you in. I want you to see everything. I want everything to be laid completely out. Um, and then I want you to lead me. And it seems like it's there's this, this approach. And I'm not saying everyone's not honest when they worship. I'm not saying everyone's not honest because some people at their most excited, their most enthused to worship the Lord, they're, it, it, it's still going to come off as like, you know, very stoic. That's who they are. But I think some people, if they were really honest, they're every Sunday or every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they're literally holding everything inside themselves because they don't want to burst forth. They feel like it's wrong or it's not proper or it's out of order. It's a thought. Hmm. Uh, That perspective... I see it sometimes when I lead singing, because um, that's one of the things I do with the congregation I worship at, and um, and I have to be very careful not to judge based on outward expression, because, you know, you, you don't know what's in someone's heart, but, you know, when, when I look out, though, it is, it is pretty common that I look across, and I see, a, I think I see a lot of bored people, mm-hmm. or I think I see a lot of people that maybe are their lips moving i'm not really sure if they're actually like really singing or you know some people solidly aren't some people sit there with their arms crossed and not say a word and everyone's in a different place at a different time so i really have to be careful that i'm not judging with that statement but like the law of averages would say that i think a lot of people are are bored probably you know from the way you know and I think a lot of people, of course, it depends on the song. Some songs get people going, others don't. And we rely on the song to lead the worship, essentially, instead of like lead the heart, which would form the, you know, the output that we put into it from there. But um, no, I certainly see it. It's very, um, very interesting. And I think it really goes to a lot of, um, 
what we expect out of worship, I guess. You know, Daniel, you were asking, you know, how do you, how do you jumpstart the worship? And, um, you know, like, well, and this ties in with what you're saying too, Julian, like the, the, the level of um, emotion that we put into it, uh, what, what are we putting into the worship? Or are we just expecting to get something out of the worship? Maybe if we approach it with, from a different direction, like, what am I giving to this worship instead of getting, I think it might help be a better place to start what the worship should look like. I think that's probably right. And it's, it, because shouldn't worship come from a place of, I don't know, I think maybe we expect too much from worship when we expect worship to energize us in that way. Because shouldn't we be, shouldn't the expectation be, I get to come together with my brothers and sisters and express my being in Christ, right? I get to now, I, I have this space that God has set aside. He's established the church and he's established the assembly and he's established this, this worship umbrella for us to come together and be who he's making us into, right? It's a chance for us to go and and weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who are rejoicing. It's a chance for us to go and praise and glorify our God with those people who feel and think the same way we do. And so rather than expecting it to invigorate me spiritually, it's really kind of a, it, it, it should, we should think about it as a kind of a relief valve for that spiritual outpouring yeah. that we've been kind of carrying with us all week long. Well, what is worship? I mean, worship, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. worship is not um, something you consume. Like we don't go to consume worship. We go to, right. to worship. Like that's, it's, it's a verb. We're worshiping. And that means something's coming out from us, like something that is an outpouring that is coming from us. And for some reason, like we've structured our service, even like from a mechanical perspective, to be passive consumers of the worship service, because, you know, mm -hmm. like three fourths of it's the sermon. And um, so I feel like that's another thing that kind of is interesting that we've come kind of come up with that as a tradition where, you know, like three quarters of the service is, is passive incoming information, not outpouring of worship. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't know if you guys agree with me or who does or who doesn't, but I mean, I honestly, I feel like when I go worship on a Sunday morning, my worship is in our prayers, Lord's Supper and songs. And then there's a break for the sermon. Yes. Mm. But it puts all and the... I don't know if that's necessarily the way it ought to be, but that's very commonly the way that it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think, I think that and just, some of that... the most powerful worship experience, co collective worship experiences that I've ever had, have jettisoned that structure and done something very different. Like, say, an entire worship assembly focused just on the Lord's Supper. Yeah. Right? So all we're doing is singing and... You know, there may be a sermon in there somewhere. There may be the, you know, the songs that we sing, but the focus is different. It's 
the structure is different. The logistics are different. Or where it's just like a singing service, singing and scripture reading, and that's it. Those are really powerful worship experiences, worship times where we get to join together and, you know, it, it, it shifts our, our focus on, it shifts our focus when we're together that way versus sort of like the typical Sunday morning, like you said, Jesse, the, the, you know, we sing a couple songs, we do the Lord's Supper, a couple people pray, and then we all sit back for the passive reception of the sermon. Which is okay, I guess, but there's also room to shift that around. There's room to um, restructure our assemblies in a more impactful way. Yeah. Well, now I'm thinking back to what Jesse said, because I think all three of us would agree that we have probably come together on multiple, multiple Sundays and uh, just consumed the entire time we've been together. Like, haven't put a mm -hmm. thing out there. It, maybe you oh, wouldn't sure. admit to it. I have. I've definitely mm -hmm. come and cruise-controlled and somebody did an announcement, said amen, and... I got up. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's not a think. I mean, based on what worship is, if we were revelation style gathering around the throne, <laughs> uh, I, would, would we really just sit there while it's like, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. That's what we're hearing. We're seeing crazy. And we would just kind of sit on the side and say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sit over here and just consume. I'm just going to watch. There's, we wouldn't do that. In fact, that's, I don't even think that's not even allowed in Revelation. <laughs> like, it's not an option. <laughs> it's when you go to the gate, what would you like to do? Well, I'd like to sit in the balcony. I just want to watch the whole thing go down. <laughs> because all of our praise and honor is supposed to go to him. Like, the reason why we're even together is for him. It, it's directed at him. It's for him. You said this, Jesse. But everything's for him. And if that's the case, I mean, there's nothing for us to just consume. I mean, now that you say that about the sermon, I'm thinking I'll never preach again, and, and I see why. Um, no, but, but seriously, it, it would even call into question what we consider to be the sermon. Because even when you flip through you know, the New Testament, and you see at least what we assume to be a sermon. Um, you know, the context of the sermon is really still directing you back to the Lord. Like, it, it, it's, mm, mm, that's a landmine. Let me say this, is the, the content, <laughs> yeah, the content and the focus is focusing you on your adoration for him. It really is. It's a reminder to you about who's running this ship, or it's encouraging you to, to keep your eyes on them, right? That mm -hmm. so even the sermon itself is doing that. Yeah, man, what a Amen. brutal reminder! I can't Whoa. Cadillac Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it makes you it does it's a good point that you brought up julian because um well two two points that you brought up one was from last week even where you're talking about you know if you're before come before a king like you know you're before a king like you yes. you're in a very like real um real submissive position and it could be a risky position if the well, depending on what the king wants to do with you in his presence mm-hmm. and um if you had that level of respect for God when you come to worship, like you were just saying too, Revelation scene, like I am before the king. And what happened to people that were before God? I mean, they fell on their face. Like, yeah. because they couldn't. As if, yeah. <laughs> as if dead. Yeah, as <laughs> if dead. Because they couldn't help it. It's like a reaction that is like uncontrollable. Like one time me and my wife were outside and lightning hit right across the street from us and we hit the deck. It, like it wasn't a, it was just a thing it's like a natural reaction to power and i mean the power of god of course is just unsurpassing and and so yeah when you think about like the frame of mind that we come into a sunday to worship i mean that's it's, that's gonna form what we can get out of it but I, I st- i'm still wanting us not to just lean on sunday though because that we spent a lot of time last week kind of taking apart Sunday in a way and saying like this should be our daily lives this should be our living sacrifice not our Sunday sacrifice right 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 um and um a minute ago Daniel you were saying something I can't remember exactly what but it made me think um it triggered a memory of me talking about coming to coming to the worship to basically like see everybody and be kind of built up by one another I think is what you were saying and um and I started thinking about um, my wife does these ultra distance runs where she'll, you know, do like a 50 mile run. Um, she's done a hundred she's tried a couple other hundreds and, you know, mixed results. <laughs> but, um, but like these things are like no joke. And, and I, I found a lot of parallels. I actually did a sermon on this once. Um, but it was about, um, it was about running a race, but one of, one of the points that I've made there and kind of, I think I'll make here again is that um, like there's these aid stations along the way. So like every 10 miles or so you can stop and you can get, um, there's like a tent set up and you can get some food and get more water, you know, heat up by a little heater if you need to heat up a little bit because um, it's cold out or rainy or whatever. And um, I kind of think about those aid stations as being like our Sunday morning worship. That's not the race. That's where we stop mm-hmm. for a second and like take on some energy and take on some fuel and our family's there to cheer us on because they meet up with people at the aid stations. That's where they're allowed to see you at. So you get recharged from the people you see and love and get some more sustenance and food for the week <laughs> or the, the next few hours, whatever it is, right? And then, then you go off and run again and you're running the race. And that running the race is like, is what, what our relationship with God is. Like stopping at the tent for a minute is, is not the thing. The race is the thing. Mm, that was good stuff. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Man, that's good. I, I had to think on it a second, and I, I did I love that. it when you, I loved the sermon. I loved it when you did the sermon. I may have got more out of it just now because I was just consuming then. Uh, but now, <laughs> <laughs> I really thought about that. You know how 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 long am I going to sit at the aid station? You know, yes, yes. like even mentally, 
how long am I going to sit here before I get back up and start running? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and another parallel to the race, if you sit there too long, like your muscles kind of like seize up and you don't really get going. I mean, it is really hard to get going when you've been sitting too long in one of those chairs. Like your body's locked up and it doesn't want to keep going again. It's like, (laughs) it could kind of be over if you're not moving. Hmm. Mm, I, I like that. I do too. But Daniel, back back to your question, like full circle. How how do we how do we check ourselves? Like how do we think through or maybe it's just this. It's just a little examination on what we think about our our worship i know we keep coming back to sunday but even throughout the week because you know this is a overplayed example and i've I've heard rebuttal for it but i get i just disagree with the rebuttal uh which is if if we went to like the sounders game i've been with you one time daniel and you were (laughs) i mean you were fairly excited about the game I apologize for anything that happened there. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe not the maybe not last week's game. Sorry, Seattle. Um, but too the, soon. The yeah, too sorry. The last time I went with you to a Sounders game, I mean, you were on another level, which was cool. And, and you know, I was trying to get up to your level, right? You you knew every player, uh, you knew everything about it. And you were in, 100% in. In fact, if we had walked off, you wouldn't have known we left. You were in the zone. And when they scored, you were in it, dude. You were pumped. You were screaming. You grabbed the kid next to us and threw him. It was crazy. I mean, you know, it's like, it like you can't stop yourself. Yeah. And, and so we have all made that same sort of parallel to how we feel about our Lord in worship and whether that's Sunday. Now let's talk about even just period about how we worship. And, and I was kind of Heisman. I was stiff armed once uh, when I made a, a similar comment to say, do we really feel this way about, uh, about our interaction with God? Like, do we, are we this excited about it or, and, and someone said, well, the big difference is this is worship. We're supposed to do it decently and in order. We're not at a football game. And, and, and I respectfully disagree. Mm-hmm. Because God is greater than a football game. Uh, so, uh, you know, when the day comes and the trumpet sounds... I doubt that anyone will be able to just simply say, no, and here it is, right on time. Here's the judgment. I'm very excited about the, no way, man. Like, people are going to be squealing and screaming and jumping around. You know, whatever state your body's in that you could be excited, whatever. I'm sure you will be overcome. Yes. Every tongue will confess. Yes. And no one's going to be just like, well, here we are. It's How not gonna happen. Like it can't. <laughs> well, what do you know? The judgment. You know. Uh, you know. If I hear the words "well done," it, you know, whatever form I'm in, I, I doubt uh, with my uh, 
I doubt that I will just say, well, cool, as expected. You know, I think they have to contain me, right? (laughs) We got a a wild one here, right? I'm high-fiving strangers at that point. I don't even know, right? I'm (laughs) high-fiving anybody or anything, whatever's happening up there. Exactly, yes. Still scared of that, Ezekiel. But listen, I I am 100% in it, and you would be too. And that's why I don't know if we've really contemplated that, because if so, I'm going to go back to what you said two weeks, three weeks ago now, Daniel, you couldn't control yourself. Yeah. Right? You couldn't hold it in. We cannot hold it in. Yeah, 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 that's all I can say right now. (laughs) What does that mean? What? <laughs> it kind of sounds like yes. you disagreed with them, or no? No, not at all. I don't. Okay. Dis- I I absolutely agree with everything Julian's saying. Um, as long as it's decently and in order. Oh, that verse. Is- I'm just joking. No, you didn't. Look, I have to keep using that verse. <laughs> Make I that next seeker. Make that next seeker. No. Well, it is. No. Okay, it is sad that that is so overused. And I mean, it's true, right? Like, okay, so it is like you have. But what? What does that mean? What is decently and in order? Right. Is that verse used as a check? Like, okay, let's just hang on it. Or, or is it used as a bludgeon? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think like, people use it to squash the spirit. Like like Julian, exactly. you're saying. That the, it's used as a bludgeon a lot of times. Yeah, the woman that shows well, emotion, said. we smack we smack it down and be like, ooh, better put that back in the little box there because you're getting a little bit That's crazy. That's right. That's right. Like any signs of, uh, at, I mean, there's so many times at church where I want to like lift up my hands in certain songs because I just like, I just want to. Like, when I'm in my car singing, I'll, like, be blasting, like, I'll sing along as loud as I can down the car and be, like, going, you know, like, kind of, without going crazy, but kind of going crazy in the car. Like, but I do not act like that at church at all, right? Like, if I put that much enthusiasm into my singing at church, like, people would look at me like, like, I was showboating or being, like, just ridiculous or what's, like, is he on drugs? You know, like, who knows what would happen? And so I literally put a lid on it when I come to worship, which is weird and sad. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you said everything that I didn't say well earlier. You just got it. Mm -hmm. There it is. Mm -hmm. It's exactly the way I wanted to say it earlier. There you go. Hmm. But why? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that we have answers on this podcast, but we've got the why questions. <laughs> well, you got a lot of questions, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, was that the way this was supposed to go down this week? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of happened. We typically ask the listeners for questions. <laughs> right now we're stuck. But why? <laughs> but why? Look, Wilmore, as much scripture as we have for being as decent as in order, you have to hold your hands up. So get them up. Raise yeah. them. Yeah. That's what Raise I Raise them. There's no other way Raise to do it them. but to do it, right? Raise them. And then I'm going to be the guy who looks at you and I'm like, what? What? Get get him down. What is he yeah. doing? He's like, oh, it's going to make it awkward for me because now he's going to want me to have his back and do it too. I just Julian's going to whisper, amen. <laughs> <laughs> no eye contact. No eye contact. 
<laughs> if I just don't look at it. Amen. I just don't. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's a whisper. You text him we, while he's got his hands up. It, <laughs> all lowercase. <laughs> no exclamation point. All right. It's too good. Well, thanks to everyone for uh, listening in on this show this week. Hopefully, hopefully got the wheels turning a little bit for you, and hopefully you can answer our questions. So, uh, send us your answers. Tell us, us your why. Answers. Uh, what, We'd appreciate it. Eventually, this will be on YouTube, and at that point, hopefully, you can comment. Right now, you can. Game but, over. Uh, yeah, but no, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this has been encouraging and uh, beneficial to you in some way. And uh, we love all of you guys. Everybody take care. Bye. <laughs> Click subscribe. <laughs> all right. That felt good. It felt weird for a seeker, but it felt good. Yeah. It just kind of, it's an organic thing. It just kind of took yeah. its life, life form in its own way. No, I think that was good. So, do we want to keep going with the topic of worship for now, or do we want to start thinking about transitioning over to Hebrews? How are we still feeling about Hebrews? Um, uh, I'd say it's definitely the place where we want to go, where I'd like to go after this. I am okay. having fun jamming this out, though. Um, this yeah. is good stuff. Yeah, I feel like we could do more if we came up with um, a direction to go in. I mean, part of me wants to go down this like road of like the five acts of worship. What does the Bible actually say about them, and are they actually like Boy. critical components of worship? Like, but is that cool? Let's do it. Yeah, is that all right? Okay, because I, I don't want to go down like rabbit holes. You guys don't want to go down with me. Well, let let's go ahead and go down it before. Uh, before Daniel's actually in his job, yeah. Uh, officially, let let's get down there quick so he can write it off as I was, I was young. I <laughs> yeah. <said> some... yeah. <laughs> All the cool kids were this doing it. This is the interregnum period. I can do whatever I feel like. I'm <laughs> exactly. A free agent they're like, right now. <laughs> they're like, but that was last week. Uh, you know, mm, things were yeah. said. <laughs> Shots were fired. <laughs> I've changed so much since then. <laughs> I'm, I'm growing as a person. I'm completely different. <laughs> I had a growth spurt since then. The same, but different. Hmm. I want to be different, like just like all the other different people. That's going to be awesome. We'll just wait and see if we have to use it. Hold on to that. <laughs> Alright, so we'll do the five acts of worship. But um, do, you, do you guys have... Ooh, snap! I feel like we do we need to do any homework before we do it cuz like I kind of want to have like actual verses pulled up that you know like to go You're down. talking about hear believe confess repent and be baptized. No, bro. No. That's legit. What are oh, you talking no, that's about? that's the that's the the plan of salvation. You're talking about yeah. the five acts are singing, yeah. praying, giving. Okay. Sermon. My bad. My bad. My bad. You're yeah. trying to get us out of confessing. <laughs> well, just because it's like it, that's what we but you know, the box of worship is the five acts essentially. That's For what sure. Built their worship around, and um, if, if it's not the most conducive way to truly like show God our love and our worship, then it's broken. 
right? And so, like, it doesn't mean that you can't do some of these things in different ways, but um, but what does the Bible say about actually, like, um, doing them on Sunday versus any other day? I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Like, I'm not convinced that giving is something that is even something that has to happen on Sunday, for example. Ooh. You, you're gonna be right out, buddy. This is that's your last Sunday. <laughs> that that's your last Sunday. You know, I mean, we can just say what the Bible says and let people make up their mind on it. You know, but no, uh, no, you, no, you didn't give a speak when the Bible <laughs> speaks. I think the Gospel Network's on right now. Let me just go tee it up. <laughs> Look, if you just want to be blessed, you can just we can set up a little <laughs> PayPal account for you. Okay. Oh no. Uh, I just listened to some, you've heard me talk about Matt Chandler. I know, uh, I know Daniel listens to it. Um, his, his, the stuff he does now is super soft because he's become like, I don't know, weird, seeker friendly, like getting lame. But I like going to find Matt Chandler from like five years ago. Cause he starts out the sermon just angry as a, as a Wolverine. And, uh, I heard one today where he was just. I guess he showed up at church that day and decided he was going to crush all prosperity preachers in just in the first five minutes. <laughs> and I listened to it and I was like working. I was like, what? What did he eat this morning for breakfast? Like, what does it take on a Sunday morning to walk right up to the podium and be like, Galatians 4, hurry up and get there. I got plenty to say. And just like he just <laughs> annihilated prosperity gospel and was like amen in jesus name uh and i was like yeah thank you thank you i appreciate you for this sunday i'm gonna send you guys he he just got real angry torched everybody and then went home there was there was one he did it was in the middle of a series and he got started and about two minutes in you could tell they'd been eating at him i guess somebody had been like pretty rude to like a teenager who was working in the parking lot of their building oh like no they, they have like volunteers out there directing traffic and yeah. somebody like told off this little girl who is out there oh no asking him like you know please don't park here it's for handicapped people oh, he went crazy <laughs> crazy i think he was knocking over lights <laughs> Oh, man, alive. I thought for sure he was going to quit that church that day. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the thing is, I didn't know how tall. I think he's like 6'4". He's a big guy. Yeah, yeah. he's like 6'4 and just going. And, you know, to think if you did multiple multiple, uh, sermons in a day, I don't know where you'd have that much juice, man. I saw like a documentary on Mark Driscoll and he was preaching like six sermons every Sunday. And you know, he like just screamed the whole time. And he even said, he was like, you know, starting out, I was super